0: Thanks for joining me. Now let's dive deep. Hey guys, welcome back to the show. Hope you guys had happy holidays and a happy new year. Kyle and I got to see each other in real life. Over, crazy, yeah, it was crazy. It's been when was the last time? Summer, um,
1: last summer, yeah.
0: Um, so that was super fun. Um, how was your How was your travel and your holidays?
1: It was good. It was a whirlwind as usual. But it was um it was really good just to catch up with everyone and see everyone and make my rounds.
0: Yeah, you did. You were a woman on the go.
1: Mm hmm. How was yours? Um
0: it was good. It was awesome. This this year we we kinda said a no to a couple of things and that was a real game changer. Last Christmas, honestly, by the time Christmas Day rolled around, we were all so exhausted that we were miserable and didn't even enjoy our holidays. And Mm. I was kind of like, okay, so we've, we made everybody else happy, but we're miserable. So is that really worth it? And you know what I mean? It's like, it just wasn't worth it to me. So we changed things up a little bit. We spent Christmas Eve at our house for the first time ever. And that was awesome. Uh, There was a snowstorm here Christmas day. So that kind of like thwarted some of our plans. So it was just, it was like slower going than it normally was. I mean, we were still ping pong balls and went to like a million different places, but Um, less than 2 million last year, I guess. That's amazing. (laughs) All right. So before we get into today's show, I have a couple quick announcements. I'm running my Fueled and Fit nutrition and wellness program at two local businesses starting next Monday, January 8th. Um, it's going to be at Three Bridges in Portsmouth and then Oceanside Physical Therapy in Stratum. I'm also doing a detox workshop next Sunday. That's January 7th. three bridges yoga in portsmouth and that's at 1 p.m and i will give you guys more details about that at the end of this episode You could also read my latest blog post, New Year Ritual, for more details, that's on my website. Uh, But if you do enjoy today's show and you're local, you might want to follow up with that in-person workshop because we're going to kind of put a lot of what we're talking about into practice and I'll expand on some things. Um, And if you're interested in Fueled and Fit, I would sign up sooner than later just because I want you guys to get the resources and get the materials for the program ahead of time so you don't feel like you're like struggling to catch up come Monday morning. Um, so we got a lot of positive feedback after our last episode. It really sounds like folks are looking for a new way, a new dialogue. So we're happy to continue that conversation. Um, One thing I want to be really clear on, we don't want anyone to feel embarrassed if they've done one of these programs in the past, or uh, even if you're currently doing one or you're, you're thinking of doing one, you're interested in one, there's no, we're not trying to put any emotion on to what you're doing. Um, It takes a lot to start to become aware of and then start to unravel and unpack the programming that has been placed on us. And we've all been there before, some of us more so than others. And even though we know sort of intuitively that there really is no quick fix, we're all still constantly looking for the next quick fix. Andrea Nakayama is a functional nutritionist that I respect and she refers to this as a cultural phenomenon. Like We know there's no quick fix, but we're always hunting down the quick fix. So if you're in that loop, don't don't worry about it. Um, There are ways to get out of it if that's what you choose to do. My work is and really has always been based on writing a new narrative. Uh, This is for the folks who are ready to hear a new way. What we're talking about here requires a complete paradigm shift. It's about looking at our lives and saying, hey, this way isn't working for me anymore. And in order to get something different, I need to do something different. Doing something different, you guys, is hard. uh, Particularly when we're inundated with messages day in and day out that try to keep us in the same old loop. So something that I'm asked about often is is my about my eating disorder recovery how I was able to finally overcome the diet mentality. And of course, like with anything, there are many factors involved. It's not like I can write out the steps, you know, in order to do it. But one of my biggest things was to surround myself with people who made me feel at peace with myself. So this was friends who didn't talk about dieting and didn't talk negatively about their bodies, women who were just unapologetic, unapologetically themselves, and then thought leaders who were telling me it's okay to not diet. I needed to hear that. I needed permission. Um, and I continue to surround myself with people that champion this message. It makes me feel good inside. It makes me feel empowered and strong and capable. And that's what we should all be looking for. Who or what invokes those feelings in you? Um, one piece of feedback that we got was, was this, um, you guys are helping people process all the times they have been chewed up and spit out by the diet industry. Hearing that makes me so freaking happy because one thing that I'm clear on, I'm not here to go out of my way to change people's minds. I'm here as a safety net for those who are ready to jump off the diet roller coaster.
1: Absolutely. And I definitely agree with the, um, recovering from any ed or disordered eating takes a shift in your environment and the company you keep we hear this a lot with addiction in order to get clean you need to stop hanging around people who are still using and i think this goes for dieting too we can try our hardest to create that paradigm shift within ourselves but if you're still buying all the diet magazines and surrounding yourself with people who either consistently bounce from one diet to another and are talking about that a lot or someone who openly criticizes their body, it's probably going to feel a lot harder to make that shift because you're still hearing a lot of negative noise. So I know we got a lot of great feedback from the last episode. Erin, why don't you read a couple of those responses right now?
0: Yeah. So these came in response. I got quite a few emails in response to a newsletter that I sent out. And if you're not getting my newsletter and you want to, you can just grab it on my, on my website. I send out things that are a little bit different than what we talk about on the show. And I'll share some unpublished recipes and stuff like that. So uh, one email was this, uh, just wanted to send a quick note to tell you how much I appreciated the information that you presented in this episode. I tried isogenics a couple years back and lost so much weight over the course of three weeks that it resulted in me missing my period, something that had never previously happened to me and has not happened since, and something that I think speaks to the detrimental effects of cal- calorie restriction that you discuss. Since becoming more educated about nutrition and making dietary changes with the support of a functional doctor and health coach, I've achieved achieved the goals that I really set out to achieve when doing the isogenics 30-day cleanse. More energy, less brain fog, and better digestion. Smiley face. Given that I'm slightly more educated about nutrition than I was when trying isogenics, it is a bit frustrating to feel like I was misguided when completing the cleanse and that the program coaches really tout the ingredients in the various isogenics products, but listening to your podcast was really validating and made me feel incredibly happy that you were able to shed light on the latter in an informative, non-antagonistic way. Thanks for all the work you do to help keep people better informed and feeling healthy. So. While these programs might work for some folks, and I'm sure they do, they can also be detrimental for others, as in the case with this this particular woman. Um, so for the sake of time, that's the only one I'll read. We can just kind of cruise along, because we have a
1: lot of meat to get into today. OK. Um, so when I was back in New England for Christmas, I spent a night at your place, Erin. And we did a little Facebook Live with the people in our functional holidays group. And one thing I mentioned there that I'll say again here is that if you were listening to part one and felt like your cage was being rattled a bit, I want to officially welcome you to the wonderful and confusing world of nutrition. (laughs) Erin and I, if we had a dime for every time our cage was rattled, we would be doing pretty damn good financially. So my point in saying this is that the science of nutrition is always going to be evolving and it's important that we leave space for our understanding of nutrition to evolve too so don't be discouraged if you feel like you were doing it all wrong or something we all make the best decisions based on the information available to us at that time um, so, you're not alone in feeling discouraged. And honestly, I hope it's not the last time you feel like that because that would mean that you're basically keeping your bind- blinders on and shutting yourself off from new views and information.
0: Yeah, it's so true. It's why it's important to keep an open mind and definitely try not to take anything personally. You know, this is, we're just giving food facts here. It's not a personal attack on, on anybody. And that's one thing that I'm. If I'm being honest, I'm personally working on that myself to try not to take negative feedback personally, because if we speak out, Kyle, if we choose when we are to speak out against a $60 billion industry, which is what the weight loss industry is, we're going to hear some clap back. It's inevitable. But for every one person that that might cut us down, there's going to be so many more who build us up and support us. And I think this is just a really good lesson, not only in business and entrepreneurship, but in life we're so programmed to see our shortcomings to look at the areas that we need to be fixed i mean again we're we're programmed to see things this way we're asking for you and what we're trying to do ourselves to look for evidence to the contrary where are you supported in your life who builds you up what messages are you hearing that tell you you're good enough without any fixing without any weight loss without any diets without any tweaks I don't know. Anyway, we're going to continue the discussion today with with part two. Um, So Kyle, can you read the original question just so we can refresh everybody's memories?
1: Yeah. So this was Erin from Portland, Maine asked this. What are the food fads you disregard versus the fads that actually hold up? I hear info about no-carb diets, intermittent fasting, detoxes, etc. Is there a time and a place for those, or are they not necessary from a health standpoint? Is there a time when a fast might be a good idea? How often should you do a detox?
0: Okay, so we started to answer this question in last episode, and we're going to try to wrap it up today. What we're going to look at specifically um, is detoxification in the body. So do detoxes have merit? Should we be detoxing or fasting? And if so, how should we do it? So first we have to define what detoxification is and how it works in the body. I think we we all think of detox as removing toxins from the body, which is true, but it's a little bit more nuanced than that. Um, detox processes in the body work to remove not only environmental toxins, but also endogenous metabolites. So these are byproducts of stuff that just normally happens in the body. For example, our body views hormones as toxins. And obviously we need hormones, but they have to be handled and discarded in a very specific way. So it's really more than just say getting drugs or plastics out of the body. Detox is happening all the time and many body systems are involved. We tend to think of the liver when we think detox and yes, of course, the liver does play a large role, but so do the kidneys and the skin, the lymph, the gut, the respiratory system. So. All of these systems must be working properly in order to effectively eliminate toxins from the body. If you don't have proper proper digestion function, for example, then that will absolutely affect detoxification. And actually, I think it can be deleterious to even attempt a detox program if you've got gut issues like constipation, for example. Um, as many of us know, toxins are lipophilic. That means that they're stored into fat. So what we need to do with detoxification is to make these substances water soluble so they can be excreted out of the body, um, out of the fat through, the, through bile, stool and urine. So basically we're like pooping and peeing these things out. Um, and there are three main phases of detoxification. The first two do happen in the liver during phase one. Particular enzymes within the liver cells, they're called cytochrome, or cytochrome enzymes, are prompted by certain chemicals to trigger oxidation reactions. These reactions actually create volatile, harmful compounds, including free radicals. So that's kind of interesting. The first step of, of detoxification is to create like really bad things we all know that free radicals aren't too good to have around they can cause oxidative stress in surrounding tissues and inflammation as well as dna damage so free radicals are not good and i know this is all like really sciencey, and the whole episode won't be like this but i think it's important to kind of lay the groundwork really the most important thing for you to know is that this is where antioxidants come into play. We hear about antioxidants all the time, and this is one of the the reasons that they're so important for health. So antioxidants like vitamin C, vitamin E, carotenoids like beta carotene, all of these guys are able to neutralize and deactivate free radicals before they can attack cells. So if you're eating an antioxidant-poor diet and your toxin exposure is high, then toxic chemicals become even more dangerous. And this is one of the reasons a nutrient-dense diet can play such a protective role against toxins. We can basically buffer ourselves against contaminants by eating lots of nutrients
1: yeah what we mean by a nutrient-dense diet is one that has a lot of variety and colors because the different colors all have different antioxidants and different functions
0: right absolutely so whole foods lots and lots of plants fruits and veggies of all colors well sourced meat quality fats raw nuts and seeds properly prepared legumes all the stuff that we we talk about um in this show on the reg Okay, so the next step is called phase two, and this also plays a role in neutralizing these volatile compounds. During this pathway, the liver cells add another substance, like an amino acid or a sulfur molecule, to a toxic chemical or drug to render it less harmful and even more ready for excretion. So in order for us to excrete these things, to get rid of these things, they have to be, they they can't be harmful to us, right? So that's what detoxification is all about. It's taking a harmful substance and making it to a less harmful substance so we can get it out of our body. And so it's excreted either by the kidneys or bile. And this is called conjugation. These reactions require specific nutrients, most notably amino acids like taurine, cysteine, glycine, glutamine. Um, as well as the B vitamins, choline and inositol. So that's one of the reasons protein, uh, good quality protein is important for detoxification because we need all of those amino acids from from protein. And again, the, the takeaway nugget here for you is, hey, guess where all these nutrients come from that are needed for detoxification from food. We need nutrition to detox. Nutrients, drive detox. They facilitate these enzymatic processes that I'm talking about. So if someone is deficient in a nutrient, this could for sure impair detoxification within the body. And really this is why we're such sticklers for eating food during a detox and not skipping meals or replacing meals with non-food powders. But it's not just about providing your body with appropriate nutrition. We also have to avoid these toxins in the first place to the best of our ability because when toxin levels get too high, this triggers that phase one that I was talking about. It becomes overactive and this leads to a dangerously high level of free radicals in the body. And remember that these have to be further metabolized by phase two in order to protect against cell damage. So. Your takeaway here is that if you're constantly exposed to environmental toxins like alcohol, medications, chemicals, whatever, then the byproducts of metabolism can actually overwhelm the liver and it isn't able to handle them safely. So you really can't approach a detox protocol without first assessing toxins coming in in the first place. And it's also important to mention, especially if you take supplements for detoxification, that we need to support both phases of liver detox. If phase two is slower than phase one, then the toxins processed by phase one can be really harmful to the body. And this is just another reason to support detox with foods, which we'll get into um, in a little bit. We'll talk about the specific foods. And then finally, there is phase three, which is elimination. And this involves bile, the kidneys, and the gut. Those water-soluble, non-toxic complexes packaged up in phase two need to be eliminated. We have to get rid of them. So if elimination is impaired, then those toxins can be reabsorbed back into circulation. So a comprehensive detox plan must take into consideration the health of the gut. Um, metabolites that go through conjugation go from the liver to the bile to the intestines. So if there's dysbiosis in the intestines, meaning if there's an imbalance of beneficial bacteria and pathogenic opportunist, opportunistic bacteria, then those chemicals can be reabsorbed. So if you' we're not going to be able to get into gut health um, in, this, in this episode. If you're interested in learning more about it, I'm teaching some upcoming workshops locally. January 20th, I'll be at Bikram Yoga in Epping. January 27th, I'll be at Oceanside Physical Therapy. And then February 10th, I'll be at Bikram Yoga in Portsmouth. And I will be talking like for two and a half hours about the gut, so so you can come see me there if you wanna learn more. But really, I'd go as far as saying that before you undergo a detox protocol, especially more of an extreme one, you should really address any gut issues first. Do you think that's fair to say, Kyle?
1: Absolutely. Like you talked about, you wanna make sure you have a diverse microbiome, you don't have any current gut issues that should be addressed first, which I feel like you would know if you had some issues going on. Things like constipation need to be addressed because they're gonna have a huge impact on your ability to eliminate the toxins.
0: Yeah. And since 70% of Americans have some type of chronic gut issue, that, that probably means most people should be addressing their digestion either alongside a detox or before a detox. So how do you know if you need a detox or is this just kind of like a fancy jazzy buzzword? I think it's normal to feel like you need a detox or a cleanse, especially if, you know, at this time of year, if you've been traveling or indulging or it's after a vacation or the holidays, traditionally cleanses were done. And I mean, this is going back to different cultures and different religions, but they're done at the shift of the seasons because we can start to feel a little wonky or sluggish during transition times because our insides reflect what's going on outside. But... Oftentimes, what I see when people want to do a detox is that they go to the extreme. So they'll do something like the master cleanse or a juice cleanse or fasting or like jumping into programs that we talked about in last week's show, but our bodies aren't cars. They don't require the occasional oil change to keep them running smoothly. But I think that's some, sometimes how we, we view ourselves. We think I can eat and drink and not sleep and run myself into the ground. But then once I do a detox, all is forgotten and my body is back on track. But the key to healthy detoxification is to do it gradually so that you don't overwhelm your body with a flush of toxins. And I went into a lot of detail about that um, just before. So. Sometimes strict detoxes can actually do more harm than good for all of the reasons that I just talked about. And this is especially true if you start to lose weight because toxins are mobilized from fat stores And if you don't have the right nutrients to support the detoxification pathways or if your elimination isn't working properly, then the toxins that are being released from fat as you lose weight can be redistributed to other tissues in the body. So even though you might be losing weight, you're not necessarily ridding your body of toxins unless you're supporting your body's natural detoxification processes. So weight loss is not synonymous with ridding the body of toxins.
1: Such a good point to clarify Um, and just to touch on the feeling like you need a detox after a vacation or the holidays, indulging doesn't have to be followed by restriction or punishment unless you are literally going all out with the treats and everything else day after day for weeks just getting back into your normal routine of eating, sleeping, and exercise or movement, your body's going to settle back down on its own without having to go from one extreme of nonstop indulging to another of restriction and or dieting.
0: Yeah, that's actually a pretty incredible point it doesn't you don't have to I think uh diet culture has taught us that like okay January 1st here I go got my green juice and my lemon water and like that's all I'm gonna drink but it doesn't have to be that extreme I think that's a really good point that's really what I do it's just like okay and now I just am eating normally versus like exactly you know it's just like I don't need to drink a bottle of wine tonight
1: okay give your body a little bit more credit like it doesn't it doesn't need you punishing it like it knows how to do its job once you kind of of get back into your routine. Word. All right. So let's talk about
0: signs that you might actually need to support detoxification in the body, not just because it's January 1st, but because these things might be going on. So one, if you get frequent headaches or migraines. Now, of course, there's many other factors that play into the things that I'm going to talk about. So for example, headaches could be a magnesium deficiency, right? But these are kind of like pretty spot on, especially you have more than one going on, spot on that, that something's going on with detoxification, something's going on with your liver. So frequent headaches or migraines, chemical sensitivity, this is a biggie. Um, So if you're bothered by perfumes, strong scents, chemical odors, if you're sensitive to household cleaners, if your skin is sensitive to perfumes, to soaps, to detergents, even if your skin is sensitive to jewelry, like all of a sudden your body starts reacting to jewelry as it hasn't before, those are all signs that something wonkies up with your detox. Uh, Food sensitivities, again, especially if they kind of like come out of thin air. Uh, If you're sensitive to caffeine, if your heart races or you feel anxious or wired, brain fog is a big sign, trouble with memory, focus, cognition, fatigue, acne, skin rashes, rosacea. If you get food cravings, um, if you have a high level of inflammation in the body, if you drink fluorinated water or you use fluorinated toothpaste, If you drink or eat from plastic containers regularly, Um, if you don't sweat easily, sweat is a mechanism in which we, we release toxins. So if you have a hard time sweating, that can mean something's off with your detoxification. If you use conventional household products, cleaners or beauty product products, and if you live in a newly built house, so let's say you just moved in um, to a house with like all new construction, new carpets, new paint, all that stuff, there's a huge toxic load with that. So um, you might start to notice some wonkiness going on um, after you
1: move into a new house. Okay, that was a good list. Um, So I want to talk a little bit about SNPs and how they impact each person's ability to detox. SNP stands for Single Nucleotide Polymorphisms, and they're a kind of genetic variation that a person can have. So that means that there's a difference in one of the blocks that builds your DNA. And what I mean by that is there's a specific order for these blocks in your DNA. And when one of the blocks is replaced with a different block that, Shouldn't be there, they can end up modifying the structure and the function of an enzyme that's required for detoxification. And sometimes SNPs can increase or decrease an enzyme's activity by 70 to 90 percent. So that can really change how effective these detox pathways are for someone if they aren't supporting themselves properly. So In the people with certain SNPs, and for example, one that's been getting more mainstream information this past year is MTHFR, we would want to make sure that those people are getting the right amount and kind of nutrients specific to their genetics. So not all SNPs are bad, and just because you have one doesn't mean you're doomed. Um, We're not going to get all into that in this episode because there's a lot that we could say on that topic, but I just wanted to point this out that This is just one of the many reasons why we can't take a one size fits all approach to health. Everyone's genetics are different. And so our body's ability to detoxify is also going to be different from one person to the next. Um, This is not something to get hung up on because your genes are not your destiny. Your choices, lifestyle, and environment shape how your genes are expressed. So it's not something you need to obsess about or think you have no control over. But for some people, figuring out um, that you do have a SNP can provide a lot of useful insight into how to best support your body's specific needs. Okay, so... Let's talk about some of the food that supports detox and some foods and other things to avoid. So I just want to, we'll, since we yeah. just
0: brought up SNPs, it's probably yeah. important to say that you need to, you have to get testing for oh, yeah. those. That's not, um, I feel like we just like dropped a bomb and we're like, okay. <laughs> Good luck with that. Good luck. Um, I, and what you said about lifestyle factors, it's it's the this um, idea of epigenetics, that the choices we make through food through, through lifestyle, through sleep, through stress, through exercise, these all Greatly impact our genes. It's the epigenetics means like on top of genes. So these these factors can turn genes on and turn genes off. And it's it's very I would say empowering that you have just by making healthy choices you can impact which genes get expressed and which genes do not. And so that is very much true for these SNPs. But the reason we bring it up is because if you if you are like what is going on, I I'm like. I have all of those things that Aaron just mentioned, or I clearly my detox is, is off because I have all these issues. That might be a reason to go seek out a practitioner and get tested for SNPs, just so you have a clearer picture for what what is is going on. Um, and you would need to seek out a functional medicine doc, I believe. Or can you
1: is Twenty Three and Me do they do? So you can get the Twenty Three and Me report done, but the problem you you truly have to work with a practitioner, because if you find out that you're, you test positive for something, and then you jump on Google, it's going to list all of the, you know, diseases or conditions associated with that SNP, and it's going to send you into like a stressful tailspin. And so you kind of need somebody that can say, okay, so you have this. Um, and but this is what you can do for it, and focus on what you can do and what you can change and how you can impact things positively rather than going on Google, which it doesn't really provide any of that. It's more kind of like doom and gloom of like, here's everything that could go wrong now. And the, um, um you and just they're cut
0: expensive. out a ton, a ton on my end. So I hope that that didn't,
1: Hopefully oh, yeah. That- I hope-
0: yeah and they're expensive so I think to just to sum it up we try to implement some of the things that we talk about today and see where that gets you and I think that's just true for so much of what we talk about before jumping in with a practitioner see what you can get done on your own by making some dietary and lifestyle tweaks so why don't you jump into the foods that that are supportive of
1: detoxification okay fingers crossed I don't cut out (laughs) okay Just stop me if that's happening and I'll change my headphones. Okay. Um, So first and foremost, calories. Um, One of the biggest things that detoxification requires is energy. Say what? what we need calories to fuel the pathways and move toxins through the systems so when you feel starved or hungry on a diet and you're also exposing your body to a lot of different toxins at the same time it's going to be a real struggle to be able to detoxify properly because you keep throwing gasoline on the fire with your toxin exposure and by restricting calories on top of that it's like trying to put out that fire with a cup of water instead of a hose Like you need adequate fuel in order to get these toxins moving out. So next um, is protein, and you mentioned this earlier. So one of the best ways to support your liver is by consuming high quality protein. This is key for processing toxins because the proteins bind to the toxins in the liver so that they can then be carried out of the body. Protein also helps stabilize blood sugar, which helps with hunger and cravings. So some example of these high-quality proteins are grass-fed and pasture-raised meats, organic, non-GMO, pastured poultry and eggs, wild fish, and for vegetarians, uh, miso, natto, tofu, tempeh, and even certain protein powders Erin mentioned in part one, which were Vega and Thorn. Those are practitioner brands, or I think Vega is or Thorn, is, I don't know if Vegas. Is Vega No, a you can get that brand? at like Target. Okay, so target. number three, Target, Tajay. Phytonutrients, so phytonutrients are nutrients that are found in plants that can help fight disease and help your body function. Um, carotenoids and flavonoids, are examples of phytonutrients. There are more than 600 carotenoids in yellow, orange, and red fruits and vegetables, and there are more than 6,000 different types of flavonoids. So this is why we talk so much about variety and color in your diet. Um, So choosing organically grown, non-GMO fruits and vegetables is best. Uh, You want to try to get all the benefits from the food without getting the additional toxins.
0: Yeah, and organic really is important here because glyphosate actually inhibits your detox processes on top of being a toxicant in and of itself. And then it also really impacts the gut and can contribute to leaky gut, which just kind of like you said, it's like throwing gasoline.
1: It's like putting on a fire with gasoline to quote my main man, David Bowie. <laughs> yeah, and glyphosate is Roundup um, for those of you that don't know that. Uh, so stick to organic to avoid that. Um, we want all different colors, tons of variety, ideally grown as close to home as possible and not wrapped in plastic. So these nutrients within all these different kinds of plants help us to optimize how the gut, liver, and kidneys function and are essential to all stages of detoxification. They also play a role in improving your stress response and reducing inflammation. So some specific vegetables that really support detox are cruciferous veggies like broccoli, cauliflower, and cabbage, all different kinds of leafy greens, kale, collards, Swiss chard, all that. Uh, Garlic and onions, asparagus, cilantro, celery and artichoke and fiber in general is gonna be great for detox because it binds to the toxins and eliminates them out of the body. Okay, so four is water. So for a long time, the focus was solely on the amount of water you drank, but truly the kind of water you're drinking is probably more important. So plain tap water and bottled water contain fluoride, which is a highly toxic bone poison that should be avoided. And a lot of water filters don't avoid it so uh, or don't remove that out. Chlorine is just one of the chemical disinfectants used in our public water to decrease the levels of pathogenic bacteria. So bottled water and plastic used to make water bottles that leaches out into the water. So investing in a good home filtration device is key. Um, Berkeys are Amazing, Erin just bought one, and I am so freaking jealous. Um, <laughs> or you can just buy some glass water jugs and fill them up using the purified water dispensers in your grocery store, which I feel like are becoming more and more common. That's what I do.
0: Yeah, I did order one. I'm so excited. Um, but before that, we just used we used a Brita or we used a Pure. We're on um, well water, so fluoride is not an issue, but. That's kind of what we did to get by. But I would, I would definitely do some type of um, filtration system. And the Berkey wasn't all that expensive in the grand scheme of things. I think I paid, it was under $300, which might sound like a lot when you compare it to a Brita, but you're like constantly buying, you know, changing the filters of that. And for something as, as I don't know, like important as water you're drinking it all the time I think it I think it's a it's a good bet my friend Sam who lives in southern Maine she's another super crunchy mom and like a soul sister she got one for her three kiddos and she said that so they're on city water and she said they would pour a glass of water just made me think of this because you mentioned chlorine and if they let it sit out on the counter it would taste and smell like pool water that's how much chlorine was in it I know so she was like yeah I need to invest in a good filter Wow. I know. So anyway, um, a two-pronged approach to detoxification would seem to be the most effective. So as we were talking about, a diet of whole, unprocessed, plant-based foods and the removal of, or at least the reduction, because we can't totally remove all toxins we come in contact with, but toxic, toxic substances that are found in our environment. So why don't you tell us about some specific foods to avoid and lifestyle practices to avoid? Um, So to avoid other toxins in the first place.
1: Okay. Does so, that even make
0: sense? I just feel like did. I just like said a bunch of words did that didn't add up. I <laughs> said them in, like the wrong order or something. You're good.
1: <laughs> so um, like you said, supporting your body during detoxification is important, but it's just one part of the big picture. So identifying the source of your toxin exposure and then reducing or eliminating it's imperative you don't want to focus solely on the detox and forget about your exposure to the toxins in the first place so it's like trying to get the water out of your boat while ignoring the hole that is keeps the water allowing the water into the boat in the first place well you're just full of metaphors today aren't you you know i've just been in one of those moods i guess (laughs) um Okay, so why should you care about limiting your toxin exposure and how do you know if it's causing any problems? So symptoms can start to show up once we hit our threshold of accumulated toxins in our body and can't clear them out fast enough or efficiently enough. So a buildup of toxins is related to obesity, fatigue, cancer, infertility, allergies, mood disorders, conditions like headaches and Alzheimer's. You might have had a job change and now you have increased exposure to something or you're suffering from chronic constipation, which keeps preventing you from properly eliminating your toxins, or you're under a ton of stress, have a chronic disease, you're not sleeping enough, getting any physical activity to sweat. All of this impacts your ability to detox and can cause you to hit that threshold faster. So that's why there can be a difference, you know, you see someone and they... They seem like you can easily kind of like list all these toxic exposures, but they don't seem to have any symptoms yet. That doesn't mean that it's still not having negative effects in your body. It just means that they they have a different threshold than you. Doesn't mean that they're not going to ever hit that threshold. Um, so environmental toxins. So here are, here's what I mean by that. Bacteria, plasticizers, mold, heavy metals, agricultural products like pesticides, herbicides, and fertilizers, water, air pollution, amalgams, or uh, those are your mercury dental fillings, household cleaners, secondhand smoke, auto exhaust, new construction like Erin mentioned, like carpets, um, and personal beauty products that you put on your skin. So this that list, you know, doesn't even cover everything. And oftentimes, these exposures are happening on a daily basis, um, multiple, multiple times. So some things that you can do to help reduce your toxic load, you can remove or reduce alcohol, sugar, processed foods, and any foods that are sprayed with chemicals. Check your household and beauty products. Check their rating on the Environmental Working Group. Uh, That website is ewg.org. We'll link to it in the the notes. And I have their app and I use it all the time to make sure either um, a food product, a beauty product, um, a household product doesn't have a high toxin rating. Uh, you can check the EWG's list of the Dirty Dozen and the Clean Fifteen for produce. They update that list yearly. Try not to buy any foods that have preservatives like BHT, BHA, food colorings like Yellow Number Five and Six, uh, artificial sweeteners like sucralose and aspartame. So that's the that's the colored fake sugars like the Splenda, the Sweet and Low, and the Equal.
0: I used to call it a as- aspartame. Aspar-
1: <laughs> oh, I haven't heard you like mispronounce a word. I got it from my. Take- she got it from her
0: mama. <laughs> my mom used
1: to call it that. I'm like, that's questionable. That's funny. It sounds so. It's like French, French right? Um. <laughs> so limit your exposure to canned foods and plastic bottles or containers of water. Um, and high acid foods like tomatoes to avoid the toxins like BPA and other plasticizers, which have been shown to be endocrine disruptors. Ditch the plastic bags, the Ziplocs. A great alternative to this is Stasher bags, which you can get on Amazon. They're reusable silicone bags. I have a bunch of them, absolutely love them. I cannot remember the last time I bought Ziploc bags because of them. Um, and they they save a lot more space than using a glass tupperware another good place to start is replacing the plastic tupperware with glass tupperware you can usually find good deals at home goods target bed bath and beyond and amazon But you don't need to break the bank by replacing everything all at once. Just try to replace things little by little when you can.
0: Yeah, I just save all my glass jars. So we buy like a ton of food in glass because I try not to buy anything
1: in plastic. And I just save all of my glass containers and just reuse those. I've seen that cabinet. And you, you you are speaking the truth. It's a problem. (laughs) Uh, Cook in non-toxic pans, skillets, pots that aren't worn or scuffed. So examples of non-toxic cookware are stainless steel, cast iron, ceramic, glass, corningware. The ones to avoid are Teflon, aluminum, and copper. And then, as usual, manage your stress levels and try to sweat. Um, So hold on for one second. Copper what are copper Pants. copper pots that
0: so that that's like oh my that, wait really yeah. those they're so
1: nice to look at they're gorgeous and they used to be really popular but like yeah. in downtown abbey days yes yes i know downtown downtown, <laughs> <laughs> downtown julie brown downtown yeah so that's one of them
0: we um, You had talked about on a show uh, your experience with infrared sauna. So you guys can go mm-hmm. back. Uh, I don't even know what show it was. So I don't know. which It was one of the <laughs> yeah. first shows. But um, that's an idea for sweating. You guys know I'm a huge fan of hot, sweaty Bikram yoga. That's a great way to induce sweating, especially when it's so stinking cold out. I cannot break a sweat exercising unless I go to the hot room. So
1: those are some ideas for getting your sweat on. Yeah, I agree. It's really... Can be really a challenge to sweat for me, also. Um, so, how do you know when to seek out a practitioner, or when to get labs done, or you know, any of that? So, an issue with toxic metals, for example, is that they compete with minerals and push them out of their normal protein binding sites, and they can also cause increased loss of minerals from the body. The requirement for several different nutrients might be significantly higher in somebody with metal toxicity. So if you feel like you're in a good place to start um, and you've been focusing on supporting your detox more, but some of the signs that Erin mentioned that you might um, might need more detoxification support if you're having those signs, if those are continuing. That's when I would seek out somebody who can run some functional labs and test for things like nutrient deficiencies that might be impacting your the phases of detoxification. Maybe test for some SNPs that might be impacting the function of those enzymes, and then possibly get some heavy metal testing. Um, improvements can also be achieved through chelation uh, for heavy metals sauna where you can sweat out the toxins that's where the infrared sauna came into play for me Um, enhanced fecal excretion along with the avoidance of the source of the toxin exposure in the first place so start by changing your diet to a real food diet focus on variety quality take a look at your environmental toxin exposure see what you can do there and as well as your lifestyle, stress, sleep, exercise, make these changes first. So we call these things the low-hanging fruit. So they're things that you can, you have a bit more control over changing, and they don't require a lot of work in order to change them.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Start here. Start by implementing some of the things that we're talking about in this show. Um, I will kind of like a little teaser. I'm putting together a really comprehensive detox program that will be just like my Fueled and Fit, an online-based program. I'm going to release that sometime in in the spring. So you could roll out a program like that that just kind of helps you bring it all together. And if you're still not seeing results or you're feeling worse rather than better, that would be a good time to seek out a practitioner because we really don't want somebody going through. The reason Kyle brought up heavy metals is we, we don't really want somebody trying to detox that on their own. Things can get really hairy. Um, and I'll just sort of leave it at that. So if you're going, you know, if you're taking steps to remove toxins in your life and you're eating the right foods and you're not getting anywhere, that's like sort of next steps to start to seek out a, a practitioner. So All right. In order to flush the body of toxins, we have to have the proper resources in place to remove them. We covered that. We also need to be conscientious of the food and environmental toxins coming in in the first place and do what we can to remove those stressors. Kyle just spoke about that. But we would be remiss if we didn't also address the fact that these toxins are every bit as mental and emotional as they are physical. So if we're truly looking to detox, we have to look at the mental and emotional stressors in our lives. These are limiting beliefs, negative mind loops. 70% of our thoughts are negative and redundant. We think about our problems. We relive past events. We forecast the future with worst case scenarios, and by doing so, we can turn on the cascade of stress chemicals simply by thought alone. And that's Because our body doesn't understand the difference between physical stress and mental stress, it handles it the exact same way. In excess, stressors can become toxic. If our fight or flight response is switched on and it stays on because of chronic stress and chronic negativity, the body pools its resources to deal with impending threats because that fight or flight response is telling your body you're in a life or death situation even if you're not. And it's therefore unable to expend energy on healing and repairing and daily activities such as digestion and detoxification. But in, instead of removing the stressor, right, removing the busy, removing the crazy external societal demands and even crazier internal demands, what do we do? We check out. We check out with booze or shopping or Instagram or food or Netflix or dieting or even some version of like commercialized self-care, right? These are all ways to mask our overwhelm, but we're not removing the problem, we're not lowering our toxic burden. Same thing as conventional medicine, it's just masking the symptom rather than address the root cause. So it's super important when embarking on a detox protocol to look at your long held beliefs that are no longer serving you. Dismantling that 70% of your thoughts that are negative. You, you also have to look at the emotional body and where you might be holding on to emotions on the physical plane. I know this sounds like a little woo-woo or out there, but there's a lot of science to back up everything that I'm saying. And if you're interested in this and you want to hear more about it and experience a physical practice to go along with it, then come see me at Three Bridges next Sunday. Um, Again, it's January 7th at 1 p.m. And through lecture and practice, we're going to examine release and detox from cultural programming, limiting beliefs and trapped emotions that keep us from creating the change that we want in our lives. And I'll admit that this workshop is like my response to diet culture telling us that we have to cleanse and purge and repent our food and body sins at the start of each year. We don't. These customs are not supportive of the body's own rhythms and natural detoxification processes. As we are talked about all show, drastic detoxes and quick fixes fail to get us the results that we're after and even do more harm than good. We have to go deeper. We have to look at not only what's going on physiologically, like everything we talked about in the show, that's super important, but we also have to address what's happening emotionally and energetically as well. And this is really how we truly detox. So once you're aware of these beliefs and these patterns, you can start to change them. And that is really powerful. Um, When you learn new things and you begin to think in new ways, you make your brain fire differently. You actually change your brain. It's this whole idea of neuroplasticity, your brain can be shaped, it can be changed, it can be altered, and you have the power to do that. You're your own medicine. And this is really one of the reasons why I am such a fan of my Fueled and Fit program because it's not just about the food, it's about looking at your habits and your patterns and your beliefs around food, around eating, around yourself, and then challenging them if they need to be. So it's not specifically a detox program but it does provide all the necessary steps the proper nutrients the toxin removal all the stuff that we have
1: been discussing for the past hour so really think about that uh, program as well right on so um, ultimately we just want you to do the best that you can be aware of your choices it's impossible to live in the modern world and not be exposed to toxins so just do what you can and figure out what changes are important for you to make that you think might have the be- the biggest impact for you, and just try to reduce the burden and and focus on the positive changes that you're making rather than dwell or stress about all of the other things that you're not able to address right now. So just try to remember that it really is a lifelong process, and we all just try to do a little bit better year after year.
0: Word up sounds good to me. Uh, Happy New Year, you guys. We will catch you next week. Thanks for joining me for this episode of the Functional Nutrition Podcast. If you'd like to submit a question to the show, fill out the contact form at erinholthealth.com. If you got something from today's show, don't forget, subscribe, leave a review, share with a friend, and keep coming back for more. Take care of you.